Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your host, Alan Smith. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. All right, and welcome back to the show, everyone. Today is Wednesday, July 16th, 2014. Appreciate you tuning in this evening to Truth About Trucking Live. I'm Alan Smith, along with Donna Smith, of course. And the show this evening will be a little different from what our listeners are accustomed to. We have a lot of information we want to get through this evening, a lot of sharing from our guests, and I want to make sure they get the time needed to share what is on their mind concerning our topic this evening, which, of course, is a problem with truck parking shortage, but also what you can still do to help with this issue as it relates to the funding in the transportation bill under Jason's law. And due to the number of guests on the show this evening and the important topic we'll be discussing, there will be no sponsor breaks during the program. I'm sure they will understand this one time, and and, uh, I will not be taking any callers for the show this evening, as, again, I want to give the time to all of our guests this evening. Our guests for the show our professional truck driver and president secretary of Real Women in Trucking, which is a 501C nonprofit trade association. Desiree Wood is with us. Also with us is Hope Rivenberg, who, as we all know, was a relentless crusader for Jason's Law. And our very special guest who asked to be on the show this evening to share their thoughts and concerns with us about this issue are David Clark, the father-in-law of Michael Boglin, and also Ashley Boglin, Michael's wife, is here with us as well. And just so everyone knows, again, all your lines will remain open. Feel free to jump in at any time during the discussion. Don't worry about interrupting someone. If you do, there's always a little delay in broadcasting. It happens all the time, and nobody will be offended. Now, we have a lot of new listeners coming to our show, so let me take some time, if everybody will bear with me here for a minute, to just to tie everything together with the recent tragedy of truck driver Michael Boglin to the decades of problem with the truck driver shortage. On uh, June 26th, truck shortage. what did I say? Truck driver shortage. Oh, truck driver shortage. Oh, okay. All right. All right. That, Donna, she, she's correcting me already over here. So, <laughs> On um, June 26th, uh, 30-year-old OTR trucker, Michael Boglin lost his life as he parked waiting to pick up a load from the nearby Dyson Krupp steel plant uh, while uh, he was parked outside of an area from the shipper. So where do we start? First, our deepest condolences to our guests, Ashley Boglin and David Clark. We understand the courage and deep-rooted concern for the industry and its critical truck parking problem that has led you here this evening. We appreciate you being here and as we first spoke to David a couple of days ago, David was, uh, was learning about the lack of truck parking and the long three-year battle of Jason's Law uh, about the government funding for more safe truck parking. 
And Jason's Law, of course, was started by our guest tonight, Hope Rivenberg, named after her late husband, Jason, who was also a trucker waiting to unload. And the bill, Jason's Law, was submitted to the House floor as H.R. 2156 by Congressman Paul Tonko of New York in April of 2009. And David also realized that this tragic incident that he and his daughter Ashley have just experienced was eerily similar to what Hope Rivenberg experienced five years ago when her husband Jason also lost his life as he parked at an abandoned gas station. And Hope was also pregnant at the time and gave birth to two uh, two, uh, beautiful twins shortly after that. And it was Jason's death that led the long uphill battle of creating awareness to an entire industry as well as the public, and most importantly, Congress and the Senate, where Jason's law was eventually passed and is part of the Transportation Bill, or MAP-21, as it's known. And as part of Jason's law in the Transportation Bill, DOT was to create a truck parking survey in order to establish what areas of the country were in most need of additional truck parking. And as usual, Hope Rivenberg did not wait for the DOT to uh, conduct their survey, but initiated her own survey with the help, guidance, and advice of Desiree Wood, also our guest tonight. So th- there were others who, were, who uh, helped develop the initial detailed questionnaire of the 2000 National Truck Parking Survey. Andy Warkaba of American Idol Reduction and Richard Wilson of TCRG Consulting. But however, the tedious analysis of all the data collected which included much more than multiple choice questions, but rather explanations of the challenges and obstacles that drivers face daily, was done by Desiree Wood of realwomenintrucking.com. I would guess the hours put into the analysis of the survey would go into the thousands, and we'll be uh, getting to her on the show as she highlights some of those uh, rather startling results from that survey. So before we go on, I think that it's important to state so that everyone understands, especially our new listeners and those who are just coming into the industry, professional drivers are regulated by the FMCSA to ensure safety of the highways. They have to follow a strict hours of service rule, which means they are only allowed to, uh, to, drive, a certain, to drive and work a certain number of hours. And to make matters worse, they are on a 14-hour clock, so when that clock reaches 14 hours, they are legally not allowed to drive any further. And also, they are required by law to take a 10-hour break to rest. And although drivers plan or should plan their trips to include locating parking in in advance to rest, many times things come up which prevents them from doing so, such as weather, traffic delays, delays with shippers and receivers holding them up, and the all-too-often full truck stop with no parking. So my statement, I guess, this evening is this. Any federal regulation which dictates that a driver must adhere to a 14-hour clock and rest for 10 hours should make sure that safe and adequate parking is available in order that these drivers can remain compliant with U.S. DOT regulations. And all those involved who interferes with any portion of the HOS rule which would cause professional drivers not to be compliant with government regulations should be held accountable, and that should include shippers, receivers, dispatchers, law enforcement, DOT, and employers. 
So let's get started as I open up all the guest mics. Everyone is, uh, is, will be live, and your lines will remain open throughout the entire bro- program. Uh, Donna, do you have anything to add? Because I have to. most of our lines are full. I'm not even sure if all our guests were able to get in. But, well, Desiree but, sent me a, a message and said that her call dropped. Um, I don't know if she was able to get back in on or not okay well if you have anything to add let me look through uh look through our phone lines and find our guests and bring them up here okay well um i'm did did ashley make it on the uh-huh. line okay great i sent david a message and uh okay desiree just sent the message she was able to get back on i know the lines are full tonight um let's see did you have anything to add? I mean, I'm finding them here. I'm having to go. Most of our 50 lines are full, but they have their hands up. They're making it easy for me here. Let me uh, go down here to there. All right. So it's a little, little, oh, let me get, uh, there's Desiree. A little difficult when we have so many guests, but we will work through it. So I tell you what, let's uh, let's get started um, just by putting the voice uh, with our guests. All right, how about that? So, uh, Desiree, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Hi, good evening, everybody. Thanks for hey. inviting me. Hi. Yeah, thanks for getting on. Are you all, all parked in a safe spot and ready to roll? Yes, I'm, I'm not on the road right now. I am in, in, a, in front of a computer. So that I can look okay. at some of the comments as we're talking from the survey. Okay. Well, good to good to talk with you again. And Hope Rivenberg of Jason's Law. Uh, Hope, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Alan. Hello, everybody. Hi, Hope. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, we appreciate it. You might have to talk a little bit louder when I have so many lines full. It's kind of hard to hear, but... We can hear you there, and David Clark, uh, welcome to our program, and we all appreciate you joining us this evening during this uh, very difficult time. Well, that, thank you, Alan, for having me on, please. And, of course, Ashley Boglin, uh, thank you for being here this evening. I wish it was under better circumstances, but all of our prayers and condolences are with you and your family, and I most certainly appreciate you wanting to come on the show to share with us, so thanks for being here, Ashley. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. And I know that, that Mike and, and I and, and the rest of the Baglin family, we, we all appreciate the time that you guys are giving us as well. Well, we're happy to do whatever we can. And, and Donna, I guess, uh, uh, you know, I made the show for two hours just to make sure everybody, we, I want to make sure everybody gets to speak what they want to say. So, Donna, I mean, I, what do you think? I, we should start tonight with, I guess, our first guest, David and Ashley, and work with everyone and make sure everyone gets their time for our show this evening. What do you think? Yes, I think, I think that's a good idea. All right. Well, David, I tell you, let, let, let's just start with you. What was, and again, you know, your lines will remain open. Everybody just feel free to jump in at any time. But, David, what was, uh, what was the deciding factor that encouraged you to send the Facebook message stating that you wanted to join in on the on the truck parking discussion? Well, my, my son-in-law, Mike, was parked where he, he could only park because uh, where he was making his delivery did not have a place, safe place for him to park. And 
I just it's just wrong, and it's not just at Tyson and Crump. It, it, it's numerous places. I used to be a truck driver. Even back in the 70s, we had a horrible time finding a place to park. And with, with truck, with, with rest areas where most truckers have to sit and wait till they can go in and make their load, or that's where they take a break to uh, for, for the DOT regulations. You know, th- th- there's many places across this nation where rest areas are closed because of budget cuts. I know for a fact that in Arizona, you go across it on on 10, and there's no truck stops open. They've been closed for over four years. So, you know, it's it's scary out there, and I want drivers to be safe. Well, now, I know, uh, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I had that in my notes because I had heard that you were a truck driver yourself, so you're no stranger industry i mean do you feel um has 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 this problem was this problem you know there did you experience it as well has it gotten worse or what's your thoughts on that well it, it has only gotten worse through the years um there's more trucks on the road more, more things being delivered um you, you know the, it's more it's more about the dollars than it is about the logical common sense we have to protect these guys that are out there on the road. And how did um, how did you meet up with Hope or and decided to get more involved in uh, you know in this issue that we're discussing tonight? Well, actually, I, I met Hope on on the phone for the first time this afternoon. Um, actually, it, it was Carrie Fisher and another lady, Missy, the the lady trucker that that. Um, sent me your way and and boy am i ever glad she did both of them well i'm sure i'm sure there's going to be a lot more people uh coming your way after tonight's show but um well ashley i i i know that you have been uh very discreet discreet and you know kind of quiet up until now understandable but what is uh what is it that has made you want to become involved in the show tonight well you know my biggest concern is is obviously for Mike's ongoing case at this time. Um, our family has become very frustrated with the lack of progress that we've seen coming out of uh, Detroit. And, and our overall goal and hope is that if we continue to seek out individuals to be able to, to talk to and, and, and keep Mike's story going, that hopefully that somebody will come forth with information that will provide you know, any resolution to who did this, why did they do it to, to Mike, and, and, and any of those other unanswered questions that we, we still don't have. And uh, hi, Ashley. This is Donna. I know we spoke last night. Um, yep. Thanks again for coming on. I know you, you. Had, uh, you, yeah, you had told me last night, um, you know, you just didn't want Mike's case to be swept away, that you wanted all this to to be exposed and and I guess it's mostly the the problem with the trucks having to wait outside uh shippers and receivers them not allowing them in uh especially if it's in an area such as Detroit I I I know that's a major problem um you know with a, a lot of the if you read the comments on uh the National Truck Parking Survey 
that uh, Desiree had has PDFs and all the comments and everything that drivers have said that this is this is a problem in this country and uh, I know I know you had had told me that I guess you got to a point where you know it has to it has to be revealed I mean people have to know what's going on not just regu- regulations but how do you maintain and remain compliant to these regulations and rest and be safe. So um, I, I know you wanted to share a little bit about us, about Mike and who he was, and, and um, you know, feel free to do that. Well, I, again, I appreciate it, and, and you're right. Like we had said last night, I, I am concerned that the case with Mike will, will just be swept away. You know, it, it's very frustrating even when you're told, by the authorities in Detroit, you know, he's not from around here, therefore people aren't going to be willing to come out with information uh, to help in this case. Um, you know, Mike, Mike was a very positive and hardworking individual. Anybody that knew him would, would say he would do anything that he could to help you in any situation. He would even rearrange his entire schedule, even if he had a load scheduled, so that way he could he could be there for his family and his friends and, and even individuals that he didn't really know. He would he would do what it would take to be able to help them because that's the type of individual Mike was. And, and and likewise, his goal was always to be home with me as much as possible when he could. And the nice thing about our schedules was, you know, him being an owner-operator, he had that flexibility within his schedule to do so. And Mike made sure that he was always around whenever I was home from work as well. And the night that he went up to Detroit was no exception. He he ran up there. Um, he went up earlier, actually, in fact, than he would have um, for the simple fact that he was trying to be able to get back early enough to help uh, a friend of the family who um, who was going to be hauling hogs off, and, and he had said that he would help. And so Mike was doing everything that he could um, so that he could make that possible. Um, I know many times that Mike and I had conversations about the lack of ability of places for him to be able to park and park safely. And, and Detroit was no exception. Detroit was actually the one area that Mike never allowed me to go with him. And probably for, for many of the reasons that have since come out that I did not know about in the area, um, you know, just about how bad the area was and, and, and so on and so forth. But um, in all reality, you know, he, he would tell me, I'd, you know, I'd ask him every night because we would talk every night and every morning. I'd ask him where he would have stopped and, and how long he stayed there. And he'd always tell me, you know, I looked for the best place possible that I can find, but, you know, sometimes there's just nothing available. You have to find, you know, the closest parking lot or if you're lucky enough to find a rest stop and you're within your time frame to be able to stop, he said he would. But, unfortunately, those, those things aren't always readily available. And a lot of times trying to find parking for an individual who drives a semi-truck and trailer is extremely difficult. And they they can't turn on a dime. It doesn't. They're not cars. They they are very large vehicles. If any, you know, obviously you see them going down the road every single day. Let let me ask you. Um, prior prior to this incident, had you heard about Jason's law? Were you aware of the um, progress that had been made to improve the parking situation or did you get all involved later, you know, you started hearing about it? Where did you hear about Jason's Law? I I have to admit that I heard about it after the event happened with Mike. Um, I had really not heard about it before. Now, that's not to say that Mike may not have, um, but, you know, when when he and I were around each other, we didn't always, 
you know, chat about work either. There were other things that we were talking about too. Sure, sure. Um, I, I had another question I was going to ask you, and it and it just slipped my mind. But um, but you did have you um, been able to talk to Hope, or is is tonight the first night on the show that you two are going to be uh, conversing? Uh, Hope and I actually talked uh, prior to the show tonight on uh, on my way home from work. I was talking with her, and it was it was a privilege to be able to talk to her. She's a very nice and informational and caring individual, and, and I do uh, thank her again for the, the conversation that we had. I found it very, again, informational, and like I said, she was very, very caring in, in her words with me. Well, she's been a tremendous inspiration for uh, a lot of people, and uh, and has helped this uh, this bill, along with Congressman Tonko, move th- forward into the transportation bill. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say this that there were many many naysayers that said that that bill would never ever make it in, and it has. And uh, I think I think Hope, um, why don't you give us a progress update? Uh, on the bill, and then we can uh, get into the uh, parking survey of uh, what all that has revealed and why it's so important that we all really go through it with a fine-tooth comb. Um, so, Hope, what what's going on now? I, I know we had spoken earlier also, and uh, our biggest concern, Alan and I, we were worried that um, the Jason's Law wasn't going to be in the new transportation bill, but you assure us that um, Congressman Tonko and Senator Gillibrand has uh, said that it would, and that, that's so? Yes, I contacted their offices um, probably about a month and a half ago, and I had asked, you know, do I need to be start planning my trips back to Washington? And I was told that no, I do not. But if I hear, if they had heard that there was any possibility, they would give me a call, and then I would start. So my okay. sense of that is that we're all good on that end of it. Okay, so, so it will remain we, in the new one. Uh huh. Yeah, so it will remain in the new one. Okay, so. Um, I know, you know, it's still not over because now, you know, the next step is the the funding. Hello? Okay, we're having a little trouble hearing you, Hope. I got some background and everything. Uh, What was it, Donna, that you asked? Um, I was going to say, so we no longer need to, to contact congressmen and senators Oh. Uh, it, it's more of the state DOTs. How is this working with Jason's Law? Everybody's curious on how is this funding going to take place uh, for more parking? What is okay, the process? Okay, what it is what? is there's a billions of dollar pot. There, there's one big pot for the transportation bill. And what it mm-hmm. is is Jason's Law is actually competing with the maintenance of the roads, the repairs of the roads, and the bridges, and so on and so forth. So, of course, state DOTs are going to use the money for that instead of the truck parking. So right now we're actually trying to figure out how we could get get it where the truck parking is being considered a priority by the state DOTs. I understand that the bridges and the roadways are very important, but we also need right. to provide these drivers with a safe place. Well, you know, Alan brought up a good point in the beginning of the show. 
Um, you know, FMCSA is all about safety. And, you know, when you're giving a, a regulation, I believe he said, you know, the federal regulation dictates that the drivers have to adhere to this 14-hour clock and, and also mandated to rest for 10 hours. However, you know, if they don't have enough places to rest, that's really, that's almost um, uh, designed to fail. I mean, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense. I would think, and I think that, that the lawmakers and the, the DOT, FMCSA, everyone involved needs to realize that when you have a, a rule like this, then you have to be able to give the people the opportunity to comply with that rule. So I, I think it's a matter, and I, I understand what you're saying about the bridges and the highways because, you know, it, they're long overdue also. However, I think as our job in this effort and in this movement, it's to um, secure the people on the roads for safety. Not only that, but truck driver fatigue has been the topic now for the last month, ever since the um, the, the Walmart crash that went um, in June went on, uh, killing James McNair. And every even Senator Schumer, who who was uh, a co-signer, introduced Jason's law, right? On the Senate mm-hmm. side. He introduced it on the Senate side. And yet he's calling for more regulations. And I'm going to tell you, Alan, I mean, you know, tell me if I'm wrong here. I don't think that Congress or Senate understands the severity of the nature of this problem where they're calling for more regulations, and yet, to me, it's a Band-Aid on a bigger problem. What is what will solve... Alan, you just wrote an article on Ask the Trucker, the absolute... I forgot the title of it, the absolute something for truck driver fatigue. The answer is what cures truck driver fatigue is sleep. And if you don't have a place to sleep or a safe place to sleep, uh, then how are you going to comply? So well, I, I mean, find it frustrating. Well, it is, and there's so many contradictions going on, which Desiree, I know, will share with us, because, I mean, you have the drivers pulling into the rest areas to go on their break, and then as Desiree found in her analysis of the truck parking survey, the DOT is moving into the rest area, setting up a mobile scale, and then telling the driver that they have to move. So there's, I mean, it's just so many, you know, impossible situations for these drivers. But hope. Let me let me ask you this real quick. I mean, so I can understand this myself. I mean, I, I, it, it was my understanding that there's monies in the transportation bill set aside specifically for. Jason's law. So uh, how can they are you saying originally, that originally go, that go is ahead. how it was set up. Originally that uh-huh. is how it was set up. It was introduced as a pilot program, but now it is not a pilot program. It is a regular program competing with everything else for that fund that that billions of dollars. Okay, <laughs> so, so the these states go ahead. Oh go ahead. No, go ahead. 
I guess the plus side is it's no longer a pilot program, and there is more funding that could be spent on it versus that $6.25 million a year. Right. But the, the downside is that it is competing with everything else. Okay. Okay, and as we know, uh, you know, so many times, uh, you know, the government, the states, uh, you know, the, they they just can't wait to get their hand and all hands on all these millions and billions of dollars to use to to send it on something else that needs to be needed. And and da- David, let me just pull you in here real quick, and and have a few more questions for Hope, and and got to get Desiree in here. Um, I mean, hearing all this, and you know, you're a former trucker too. You know, a lot of this I know isn't any. Uh, news to you but you know we have jason's law we have you know billions of dollars sitting there uh, what's, what's your thoughts on what we've discussed so far you know the the money's there and yet it's it's just kind of a, a battle between the states on you know well, well we'll get our hands on this money but we'll use it for this instead what, what's your thoughts on all this well, there are so many needs in, 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 in all the states for, for all kinds of things. But, you know, when you, have, when you have states that have every rest area closed down and you have places like Walmart that no longer allow some of the Walmarts I've seen, no truck, truckers are allowed to park there and, and, and truck stops are fewer and farther between, where, where are these people going to stay? I mean, they're, they're out there, literally, their house rolls on wheels. They're out there 24-7. Some of them are out there every day of the week, all year long, trying to make money to support their families. And, and you know, with more regulation, it just means more money being spent for bureaucratic reasons. And, and some of them are good. Some of them don't make any sense whatsoever. And, and when you have... Too many regulations. Nobody can keep up with what's going on with the, the different laws, and so subsequently, places don't feel we we're, we don't have to follow those laws. Things haven't changed. They've just gotten they've not changed for the better. They've just gotten worse because it's harder for for any government body to regulate what's going on in their state. And, and it is literally something that has gotten completely out of control, and there's there's not a whole lot slowing it down. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, there's there's regulations compounded on regulations, and and it does make it extremely difficult. I mean, we've been dealing with this for a long time as well, and and Ashley, uh, you know, I you know, I'd like to still you know give you some time here too. I mean, feel free to jump in. Anything you'd like to share, also. Well, I mean, it, it just does make it extremely difficult, you know, the, without having the proper funding to be able to provide any truck driver over the road to be able to park. You know, you're just creating more issues um, because if there's not a place for them to park and they have to stop, if the only option that they even have is to stop on the side of the road, you know, if, if an officer goes by, you're going to be ticketed for being there because you're not allowed to park there. But when the answer is that you didn't have the option to be anywhere else because nothing else was available, of course, like Mike would say, the truck driver's always in the wrong. It doesn't matter if, if they're not. They are, and that's that's how it's looked at. And, and personally uh-huh. hearing him always talk about, you know, how construction was always being done, you know, they just finished a section of road for maybe a couple months, and then they go back, and the state would tear it back up and, and do it again. Yeah, ex- exactly. And, and, 
And you know, it's just uh, it's just a, a decade old problem. And uh, you know, hope. Let me ask you, and then let's get Desiree on here because Ashley and David, I'm sure if you haven't already learned, Desiree's uh, one of the the one of the uh, amazing women in trucking. She she has done a lot for the industry and drivers, but. But hope getting back to this DOT and the funding. I mean, uh, you know, the new transportation bill is there. Jason's law is established. What what do we do now? I mean, how can we push it along and, and make sure states are funded? Or I mean, do you even believe that's possible? Do I? Oh, absolutely. I believe it's definitely possible. It's just a matter of all of us getting to the state DOT people and saying, listen, if you own property, how much more is it going to cost to make it a little bit safer, put lights in, whatever the case may be? It's not going to cost a lot of money because a lot of these states already own a lot of property. I, I think, I think what, we're, what we're saying is the continue the awareness. And I, I still think we need to uh, – let con- Congress and the Senate become more aware of the of the urgency of this because you know even though it's out of their hands to some extent it's already passed and they can't do anything but they still have voices just like we all do and um, I, I I think I think they need the awareness not to just the general public but. Of course, to them also, because, you know, they're saying, if you read the comments after the um, Tracy Morgan incident, oh, you know, these drivers, you know, they just keep driving. They, too, need to be educated with all this, because it isn't until people actually have compassion with another uh, group of individuals that they begin to move with it and especially since they know that it's going to affect their safety on the road. In other words, well, oh, I see, this is why a truck driver fatigue is so high. They don't have a place to rest. So I think the key here uh, for this show and for all of us, because this definitely was a grassroots organization. Um, I know, you know, Alan and I have been with you, Hope, from the beginning on all this. And uh, we've we've pushed hard along with everyone else who's who's been with it. So I think the awareness key is still there. Just the fact that you said you know we have to contact DOT, uh, our own DOT, and urge them about about this 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 critical situation that is going on. So um, I, let me just say this. That um, and I, I want to find it. Um, I want to find this in my notes. That <clears throat> you know, there a lot of people are coming on board with us right now um, since since this tragedy. And uh, just like you know, we we mentioned that Ask a Veteran Driver. Um, David mentioned Missy Lady Trucker. Uh, she helped them start that fund up, and then we have the fund going in on the small transportation. A small business and transportation coalition by James Land. He's got that going, and and this is one of the things I was talking about with the awareness, because by him creating that separate fund, this is creating an awareness for a, a side of the industry that was never really, um, you know, enlightened by this problem, 
you know, the, you've, you've got the brokers and the shippers, receivers. Um, many of the professionals on LinkedIn are now reading about this uh, since his post. So he's trying to raise funds for Ashley, create industry and wide concern awareness for truck parking, and to display support for professional drivers to, to show that we're all standing in unison and uh, demanding to follow through. Uh, with the Jason's Law and the Transportation Bill. Now, just one more thing, and this this is this is going to be you know this is really exciting news that um, James did contact administer, Administrator Farrell, and um, I think it was on Monday regarding the parking, and um, she has uh, she immediately directed um, one of her staff to set up a meeting to discuss this. Now. I don't know how much the FMCSA can do. However, just like just like we spoke earlier, safety is FMCSA's number one uh, priority. Uh, they, that's why they have the uh, CSA established and the the hours of service, and now they've got the um, EOBR mandate going through. It's all connected to safety, and the irony the irony is behind it all that truck driver fatigue is the the key that they're trying to target into and yet the solution to supply is not even on the table so i do believe the fmcsa should be involved in this and even with their studies i mean if you go back at all the studies fmcsa has done and the conclusion always is that there is a severe lack of truck parking. And we're going back 20-year studies. So, I mean, yes, they should be involved in, 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 in my uh, opinion. And I, you know, I thank James for taking that initiative uh, to contact Administrator Farrow. And, and I'm very happy to hear that they're arranging a meeting to talk about this. Did you know about this, Hope, in Desiree? No, I did not. The meeting? Yes. Well, well I snubbed from you. Thank you. But anyway, this is another another hopeful thing, and it all goes along with the awareness, getting more and more people involved, the seriousness of this situation. And, uh, you know, we, we just have to keep moving forward with it, and I'm sure... A lot of other people are going to pick up on this, and like I told David and and Ashley, um, you know, I'm sure you're going to be contacted by a, a lot of other people, and that's good. You know, the more awareness, the more radio shows, the more articles, um, the more trucking picks up on it, and it's written, and and that's what's going to happen. What we really need to do is hopefully the Daily News or the L.A. Times or, or somebody like that picks up on this, and that and that's when it's really going to. Um, hit, hit everybody. Yeah, and it quite could. I mean, a lot of times, uh, you know, for example, the Washington Post will pick up on things like this and run with it. But uh, well, Desiree, look, you've you've been you've been very patient. Let's get you in here. I mean, you analyzed this uh, national truck parking survey. I know you put thousands of hours in it, and you're still working on it. Listen, just uh, come in here and share with us some of the highlights that you observed as you analyzed uh, all the data. Well, um, you know, some of the the comments that were made, uh, I think 
to illustrate to the public, you know, when you try to share this with the public, they they often say, oh, they're all Teamsters, oh, they're all this, oh, they're all that, and oh, they're all this. And so the, the presentation that was put out on SlideShare, it really cut out, if you can understand it, that some of these are employee drivers. They're not owner-operators. They're not people that can say, I can shut down now. I'm tired. They have somebody calling them on the phone, telling them they better be someplace who is their employer. That makes a huge difference. Um, the, some of the other things that, um, that we found in the comment, in the open comment questions, which there were a few, was um, remarks about being awakened by the DOT officers, as you mentioned before, and being cited for illegal parking. Um, in lots of different circumstances, there's drivers making comments about that the DOT is making the few rest areas that are still open dangerous by coming and beating on the doors and telling the driver to get out of there because there's either a, a time limit or um, they want to do an inspection on them even though they're in the sleeper and it's their sleep break, they're off duty and they use the rest areas for easy pickings, they say, you know, or they've right. gone to a way station area um, thinking because it's the only place to go and then they're ticketed. And it's like this is, um, it just it, it defies sanity that this is supposed to be about resting. There's no other substitute for it, and there's nowhere to go, but you have all these rules and regulations that can't be on our, that, and that's the whole thing, not in my backyard. You need to stop, and you need to get some sleep, but don't do it in my backyard. Don't do it where I can right. see you. And, and that's another um, thing. They don't want to see the trucks. So find a spot far away. And then we have the problem of, of uh, well, well, I don't want to interrupt you because you're on a roll. It's just I got all these things coming in my head. Um, what about the problem with shippers and receivers? What, what did you hear about it, that? There, there's a lot. There was a lot. Well, let me start at a, at a different section. Another thing that we did during the survey was I, we set up a Google alert for truck stops and crime to, because um, the crime, uh, a lot of communities are coming out and fighting truck stops that are trying to open up it. So, so there's truck stops that want to build in a community to make more truck parking, but the, the residents are coming out in droves to fight it. It's turning into these just slugfests in North Carolina, Statesville's got a big one going on. They had a big thing going on in Mesquite, Nevada, and um, there's one up here in Martin County in um, South Florida. The residents are coming out fighting it like crazy. They don't want the trucks because to them the trucks mean crime. But the truth is it's local crime that already lives in their town that gravitates to the truck stops, and the local police do not do anything about it. They let it be this abyss in their community where everybody dumps off puppies and, and beats up their wives and sells drugs and, and um, pedals, whatever it is that they pedal. And the drivers are caught in that. And they don't have anywhere to park. That's where they're supposed to park. And so they're sitting there, like, having people knocking on their doors and disturbing them when they should be getting protected 
um, because they are moving a supply chain for this country, and they do need to sleep, and they should be protected by the police, not ignored or harassed or anything like that. So that was what came out of it, too, is the feeling of being harassed, not only by um, the criminal activity, but the lack of police protection, and then with the DOT state officer, sometimes the local police were like nice, but the state officers were not. Um, different um, treatment from different law enforcement agencies. Uh, so it was just, you know, a lot of fear coming out of it. Um, a lot of the drivers that did respond, um, the majority of them have been driving 11-plus years. That was a good many um, drivers. That, so that came out of the survey. The shippers and receivers, I published that um, when I got it done, which happened to be around the time of the Walmart crash. And that was a big one that came out, was that the shippers and receivers, especially um, distribution centers, that have an enormous amount of property would toss drivers out on the street. They're usually located in very remote areas that are away from highway. There's no parking facilities, no truck stops around there. It could be on a rural highway. And they have all this land, and they detain you, and then they say, you're out of here. And you say, I'm out of hours, and they say, we don't care. Get out of here. So now you're out right. there, and you don't really know. And... The thing that jumped out to me is local communities need to be educated that this is going on because they don't want a truck stop in their community, but they want to have all these distribution centers in their community because that gives them jobs. Um, there, there has to be there has to be somebody that gives in here. You know, um, you're, we're, the drivers are serving their community by moving their freight, um, but they don't want to serve the drivers. They don't want them on their property where they have a lot of land space, and they don't want a truck stop coming into their community. Something has to give there. So right. um, <clears throat> where you have these pockets of distribution centers, one that's in the survey is Charlotte, North Carolina, and I put in there a number of um, big-name retailers. Charlotte, North Carolina is the home of the current um, Secretary of Transportation, Anthony Fox. Everybody that drives knows it's one of the worst places to try to get truck parking. They have one small little pilot there, which we put in the survey. I think it has like 35 spaces, which is not nearly enough to serve one distribution center, let alone like the seven or eight or ten that are around there. And um, so I, I saw this emerge over and over again. And, you know, these truck parking surveys have been done in years past. Um, I started out um, an overview um, on our blog uh, from the April 1999 um there was an informational uh, research project. It was um, April 1999. A bunch of public hearings were held on truck and bus safety, and there was a 38-page document that was uh, developed from that, and, and what came out of that was that there needed to be more truck parking. Well, that was in 1999, and the conclusions of that was that shippers, brokers, and consign 
consignees influence the delivery times, and they should be part of the solution. There was also um, portions in that that said that the federal and state government have the responsibility to maintain highway safety and that the lack of available truck parking um, and the truck drivers not knowing where any is was a part of the problem. Um, of course, we know that there's a pro prohibition against private development of rest area facilities. NASO, the National Association of Truck Stop Owners, has been the one that's fought that the privatization of the rest areas. So while the states are closing them, the truck stop lobby is preventing anybody coming in from a private business and saying, let us maintain it and put our little business there. So, right. so that's another obstacle. Um, the recommendations that were made in this long report in 1999 included the direction to the FMCSA, the ATA, OIDA, the National Private Truck Council, and NAPSO that said they should create a comprehensive guide available both on paper and in electronic format for all truck drivers to use that will inform them about the locations of parking spaces and space availability. That's not ever guide has never been created. And there's been several studies since then. The states that were problem states that were in those nineteen ninety nine reports are the same problem states except for one or two in our twenty thirteen survey. Um, there was a couple that have had improvement and there's a couple that did not appear in nineteen ninety nine like Arkansas the home of Walmart that came out as one of the biggest problems for kicking drivers out on the road when they had, one, run them out of hours, and, and um, two, had detained them. And then, of course, more and more individual um, shopping center locations are kicking the drivers out, too, where they used to let you park in the parking lot. More and more are... Um, having their security go around and boot you out. And so they came up, they were the number one named offender, Walmart, over and over and over again. Um, that was for the shippers and the, and the receivers. I'm just currently working on the final comments, which are lengthy because that was a part where the drivers could say what, what, what really stuck with them in... in um, in their time of trying to find parking, some scary moments for them, and I just thought it was really important. And it's been chilling to read it. Well, I know a lot of people. Um, I know uh, one of one of the readers wrote on on Facebook that she was in tears reading some of the comments. And I think I think it's very important that we all, you know, like I said, go through this truck parking survey not as a statistical type of uh, reading, but to actually read the, the comments, the input, the feelings, the emotions that, that drivers took the time to, to write out all this. It's like somebody screaming, you know, listen to me. This is what's going on. And uh, uh, I believe, uh, Hope, tell me if I'm wrong, but DOT um, is reading this truck parking survey that, that was created? Yes, they are. And actually, 
there should be wrapped up, and once they publicize their results, our results will be published with theirs. And of course, they oh, will wow. give. And yeah. and that's so amazing be because side comparison. Okay, I, I mean I don't know how they're going to put all these comments in. I mean, uh, I guess they will. Did they, did they mention? Uh, have they read? I'm sure they've read the comments. They have read some of them. I don't believe that I. They have all of them. All of them weren't okay. ready at that time, but I've been contacted by a number of different people to um, give the PDF. If anybody hasn't seen them, I want to make one comment. Um, and I see the guy, maybe he uh, erased his comment, and, and Ashley was saying that she had not heard of Jason's law um, until, you know, all of this. And I, when I was finishing these final comments, there's 97 pages. I've only completed 27. It takes me a long time to do it. So I made a little preview of the first seven, and I included it in a post on our blog, realwomenintrucking.com. O-R-G. It's called Unsafe Truck Parking, the final comment. And it has a little intro, and it has the first seven pages of comments. They were chilling to me. Yeah. And when I read them as I was editing them, I'm like, I have to get these up right away because this all just happened. Um, then I linked it to the truck parking special report um, that has the PowerPoint and the other PDFs from the other open comment questions that I've been compiling. And I do get calls from that from different media sources and people that are trying to um, develop some sort of strategy in their state. Uh, so I was working on the next 20 pages um, over last weekend, and I just went ahead and posted them right on the Facebook page of our Real Women Truckers page. And I was just stunned at the reaction of about the first five men who said, get this down. My wife worries enough already about me being out here. You shouldn't be publishing this. Or this is trucking. If you don't like it, quit. Things like this. I was like, wow. Um, Isn't that amazing? They Amazing, and I was like, this is from the Jason's Law Truck Parking Survey, and they just did not seem to get it or know it, and it got so heated, I ended up having to ban a couple people, which I rarely ever do. I've probably done it six times since this page has been up since 2009 or something, 10 um, yeah. But that, and I was like, wow! I was, it was stunning. And I did, I posted the same comments on my personal page, and people that are not in trucking, that are my friends or know me from social media, shared it on their page, and they were like, read this. The truckers need our help, um, and that's what we want. That's what. And, we and need. what do you think? Why, why were they reacting like this? Because they don't want their families to worry about them, or? Um, they they want to hide the problem. Why? I, I mean, I, I I'm personally. I mean, I, the, I mean, you. I mean, we all should. I mean, even when Hope first came out fighting for this, the reaction from some people when you try to improve things in trucking is, oh, you must be weak if you can't take it the way it is, and that's a real uh-huh. problem in this industry. Oh, you must not be tough enough then, and that is just, it's it's such the wrong response to have 
it's why a lot of things don't get done because mm-hmm. it's just that attitude of, oh, you're not tough enough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at the same token, when that person's off work, they have probably, you know, expect a, a standard of living and expectations from the world, you know, but for some reason when they get in the truck, it's okay to, you know, be in a war zone all of the time and get treated like a second-class citizen and, um, you know, all of these things that are going on for the drivers, you know, they deserve to have a safe place to park. There's no reason that somebody should have to load. Uh, One of the things that stunned me was this person, the comment, he says, um, I don't know if it was a woman or a man, I haul hazardous material or hazardous um, liquid in a tanker. That's a person that cannot just park anywhere they want. And talking about um, some of the problems that they're having, they've been at a chemical plant, they've got something that's highly toxic, and then they're booted out on the street with nowhere to go, and they can't even just stop to go to the bathroom sometime without being harassed. And it's like, hey, I already have a hard time parking, even if there was parking. And then I'm carrying this on the back of me to boot, and you're putting me out in this horrible area where, you know... So the comments, when you when you take the time to read them, they, they really are chilling, and I just encourage, if you can get anybody that's outside of trucking to read them, I know they're overwhelming, um, but your attitude should not be, oh, I already, I already read that line three, three lines up. You know, this sounds like a lot of uh-huh. complaining. These are individuals who are, who are coming together to help change something for everyone. And um, their effort is appreciated because there's too many people that are not helping. And um, Hope took the presentation and delivered it to the right hands as soon as the PowerPoint was completed. But as the PDFs get done, I forward them along and they get passed along. And then, of course, people will call me, as I said, and and they want to have access to it. and, And I give it to them because it's really important. I think the key is educating everybody's local communities, and I do think the truckers' wives are the ones that can help because they're at home and they can communicate and network in their local community. Right. You know, when when their spouse or loved ones are on the road, if they know about this. Sure. They know their needs. Um, where did what now? Who 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 did who got that uh, truck parking survey? Where where did it end up? You said it got in the right hands. Whose hands were they? I delivered it to Tom Kearney from Federal DOT and Congressman Paul Zonko. Okay. And, and Tom and, Kearney uh, is well, actually in I, Oh no! Go 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 ahead. Uh, say that say that again. Hope I I interrupted you. Um, Tom Tom Kearney from Federal DOT is actually the one in charge of Jason's law. Oh, okay. So he, all right. I didn't know that. I see him when I do research. I see his name on a lot of things. Yeah, and uh, well, I was going to grab Dave. I think I think we lost David. David said his phone died. He just sent me a message. Okay, yeah, because I was getting a lot of lot of background noise, but I just noticed he dropped off and. Uh, 
listen, let me say here real quick, if, if you uh, kind of came in late, I had mentioned on the show that we were giving all the time to our guests because we had a lot of information to go through, but uh, uh, nearly all our 50 lines are full. I just want to give a shout-out to all... Uh, to all everybody on the line listening, I really appreciate it. I see everybody from Delaware, Michigan, Texas, Arizona, New York City, Kentucky, Florida, Arkansas, Oklahoma, California, Utah, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New, uh, New Mexico, Washington State, and Ohio, just to name a few. So we really appreciate you tuning in. Um, Ashley, let's get you back in here now. Have you have you seen uh, this uh, the results of this survey, the slide share? that Desiree has up on uh, Real Women in Trucking and, and Hope also has. Have, have you seen this uh, presentation that we're talking about? No, I have not been able to yet. Um, to be honest with everything that's, that's occurred since uh, Mike's murder, we, personally me and, and I know the rest of our family, we've been extremely busy with uh, many other tasks. It, it is something that I would be very interested in seeing, though. Well, okay. oh, of course. I mean, that's very understandable. What? Uh, well, what? Well, where do you go from here, Ashley? I mean, you know, personally, on a personal note, I, I can't imagine what you're going through. Just like five years ago, I couldn't imagine what Hope is going through. I mean, what? What? What are your hopes now? What have your you wishing to accomplish, if anything? You know, it's almost hard for me to even know how to put it into words, but. What what is it that uh, the main thrust that you you know are wanting to share with us this evening? You know, for for me personally, as as Mike's wife, you know, I personally always did worry about him when he was out on the road. I'm sure, just like any any individual spouse would, if if their if their their significant other is is out on the road, like like so many of them are, and for extended periods of time, you know knowing that it was difficult for Mike to always be able to park in, in, in safe and secure locations was always a concern. Um, but I trusted my husband's judgment and knew that he was doing the best that he could. You know, knowing that the facilities have such large areas for their operations and, and, and definitely areas that individuals could be able to go in and park for their, you know, waiting to deliver or pick up their loads, even if it's just for a shorter amount of time, even a couple hours, would make a tremendous difference. Um, you know, and, and from my aspect, from what I'm looking for past this point, is is, is I'm looking for anything in, in that can be done to help resolve the situation that we have going on in Detroit um, in regards to Mike's investigation. Um, there's a lot of loose ends that, that the police are having a, a hard time being able to even follow decreased manpower up there um, is, is not making it any easier on them. And, and especially since we live down here in southern Indiana, it, it makes it even harder for us to be able to do anything, though we are more than willing to do whatever we can to be able to, to help further his investigation to, to resolve it. Um, you know, it, it's just hard to do what you do at the, this point because you, you just keep going on. You, you, you think about anything and everything that could be done to, to help and then, you know, likewise, my brother-in-law, Mark, he he works for the exact same company that Mike does, doing the exact same thing. And I know personally from the standpoint of the rest of our family, of course we we worry about him even more now because he, he's out on the road again. And we've already lost 
we've already lost Mike, and nobody ever thought that we would ever, um, you know, and we don't want to lose anybody else important in our lives, and, and, and neither should anybody else have to worry about that. And it's a hard thing to, to come to the reality of. Do you, are, do you ever feel, you know, angry with the with the shipper where he was waiting? Or, I mean, did you ever wonder, you know, why they didn't let them in? Or, you know, now that, you know, Desiree brought up this, this problem, she said that Walmart's the biggest offender, but they're not the only offender. They're just, you know. And, and the, I want to jump in here. The, the, the list of shippers and receivers, this company, I can't pronounce, Bison Trump, they're listed. Yeah. It's an alphabetical list. So if you pull the PDF out, and you see the list of shippers and receivers that I compiled alphabetically. They're on there. Of the worst, uh, worst offenders? Of the worst offenders most named by the drivers. The, the question was, name three shippers and receivers you have the most problem finding um, or being allowed to stay on their property, being detained, that kind of thing. And I made it in an alphabetical list because the drivers had the option to name three. So they could have been named. Walmart was the number one. But I put them in alphabetical order, and Bodies and Crump is on that list. It's, it's, I think, here, I've got it right here. It's Thyssen Crump Steel Plant. Is, is that the one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And... If anybody wants this, on realwomenintrucking.org, I put a search tool up on the top of the page tonight. And if you go in that search bar and you put in truck parking special report, it has what I have so far. It has an introduction. It has the slideshow. And at the bottom of the slideshow, there are some PDFs. And it has the question, what it was related to, and a link for the PDF that opens up. And you can read that document related to that Okay. Yeah, yeah, and you, you put together some great PDFs. I mean, one, I have them right here in front of me. What are the circumstances and how often does it take 60 minutes or more to locate truck parking to comply with your federally mandated hours of service rest break? That's a PDF. What are the what states that need most improvement? That's a PDF. And identify the ports and surrounding facilities that have an inadequate amount of safe parking, that's a PDF. So, Donna, some uh, some r- r- great information there. Right, and that last PDF you're working on, that's the shipper one? That, the shipper one is complete. It's on there now. You can read it. Um, I also put it on in the Walmart post um, that I did. So I made it public in a couple different places. The one I'm working now is the final question where the drivers were allowed to just answer, you know, tell us about a, a particular situation. And, okay. And that's where I started, where I told you on the phone, I was, I was seeing something that I had heard about before, but when I'm reading this about DOT inspectors coming and telling waking drivers up so they can set up a mobile way station or, you know, they're contributing to the problem really. Well, um, that you know, which I found unbelievable, and I asked Alan if he ever heard of such a thing. After you told me, I was like, "What?" And he said, "Yeah, but he he, what'd you tell me, Alan?" Yeah, that oh, that, oh, that happened. That's happened, you know, uh, quite often to me when I was OTR, and that's what I mentioned, in, you know, earlier. You 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 know, I planned my route perfectly. To to I didn't stay in rest areas very often. But some areas you just didn't have any any other choice. I tried to stay away from them. 
But uh, there were several times I pulled into a rest area to take my 10-hour break and a couple hours later knock on my door and it's a, a state trooper or DOT telling me that they're setting up a mobile scale and uh, I had to I had to leave. So, yeah, it, 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 it happens quite a bit. As Desiree knows, too, she's been out there. Well, let me ask you guys. I mean, I'm not a driver, and in my mind it doesn't make sense because DOT waking the driver up, these are the people enforcing HOS, the hours of service. <laughs> so, I, Desiree, does that seem crazy to you? Yes, it boggles the mind to, to think that, you know, I think there's one person that wrote on there, I was, I still had, um, you know, uh, two or three hours before my sleep break was over, and they're tossing me out on the road to drive tired so that they can... I mean, I, I think that's, I mean, that's... Other things. And this, this didn't come up just once or twice on the survey. I mean, this isn't one person saying it. How many times no, did you see that? Um, right now, when I'm just sorting, I have a, they came in Excel spreadsheets. The Survey Monkey generated by itself um, all of the comments into an Excel spreadsheet, and it created a graph when it was applicable to the question. So that made a lot of the data collected really easy to just put into the presentation. But with the comments, you know, there was almost 4,000, it was 3,996 respondents. So when you gave them an open area to write, the the <laughs> it goes on for pages and pages, you know, 97 pages of comments to go through. Um, so when I'm sorting it right now, just putting in DOT, you can sort of excel and, and just find DOT. Uh, there's 33 cells found just in the page that I'm on right now and some of the comments that I just have here on the screen, if I can. Um, I have had to park on the shoulder of exits and then been told to move on by pol police, violating DOT regulations. DOT makes the rest areas dangerous. They beat on the side of our trucks and tell us to get out of the sleeper for illegal inspections when we are off duty. Rest areas are for resting, not DOT easy pickings. Uh, there's one guy that's talked about, uh, I don't know if it's a guy, as I said, the mobile um, scale that they pull out. Um, the states with closed rest areas should not close the parking lot, close the building, and leave the parking alone. Also, way stations have parking, but driver don't want to use them. They worry they're going to get woke up by the DOT to give them an inspection, which makes it a last choice over a dark parking lot. Um, another one woke up in a rest area for a DOT to do an inspection. Um, somebody says, um, creep, they, uh, DOT making it anything but rest areas with creeper vans and mobile scales. You want to scale, build a scale. Don't interrupt my lunch, dinner, or nap getting out of control. Um, right. And, and I think I think FMCSA needs to to know all. I mean, be aware. I I really don't think a lot of the people in charge understand what's going out. You know, in the field, uh, they make regulations, and everything is you know, in kind of an idealistic, you know, on paper you know, sense being perfect, and it's not. And this is 
part of the awareness. You know, David, his phone died, but he sent me uh, a message here, and it says um, that the Thyssen uh, crop receiving area, there's a lot of room inside the gate, and they just mm-hmm. don't have a night watchman. He said to ask Ashley, but but he doesn't believe they ever allowed truckers inside. And according to your survey, I would have to say that's true because this survey was like last year. So yeah, this was from um, last year, and so the comments and you know, like I said, this this name came up, but steel mills in general came up many times. I didn't. I I think I I that was in another open comment section of the types of places. Just just some people would just say steel mills or chemical plants or distribution centers in general. And all of those have a lot of land space that a lot of times is an unused land space that it would be really easy for them to say, you know, you can't be parked in the loading area, but you can go over in those this area over here. There's a couple places you can park there and nobody will bother you. And you're inside the gate, you know. Right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at another side of this coin, and I'm going to bring up another topic. But one of the reasons that a lot of people who used to let drivers in but have not anymore is because of the disrespect of the property. Now, I, I don't know if this is the case with Walmart, Um you know, and, and Desiree, you know what I'm talking about, Alan. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and I put so, this in the survey: is drivers throwing their garbage out and disrespecting the property that they're on? Um, but I think right. that could be solved with cameras that say this is the designated area and cameras and report that your driver threw their garbage out on our property. You know, and there's a trash can there. Um, there's some personal responsibility that goes when you're going to somebody else's property. So um, everybody needs to be mutually respectful here. Right. And and I think think that's all part of it, of the accountability. When you want to, you know, resolve a problem, everybody's going to have to be accountable, you know, including – um, you know, DOT, FMCSA, uh, you know, everybody, uh, law enforcement, and, and the driver also. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times there's drivers that actually will, uh, what would you call it, reprimand other drivers out there when they see that going on, and, and it's not taken very nicely. I've seen it on Facebook. Yeah, that's probably not a good thing to do either. So. Yeah, I know, but I've seen where people have done that, and you're right. I mean, they get threatened, and you know, uh, it could be dangerous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous out there. And and uh, listen, I have. I, I'm kind of watching the time wind down. Um, I, you know, Ashley, let me get back to you here real quick, and hope I have a question for you. Uh, uh, and then I want to give uh, each one of you uh, the final opportunity to, um, you know, share your final thoughts for the, with the show this evening. But. Um, Ashley, um, let's see, where was I going here with this? Um, this, you know, this, I, I'm just looking at my, my board here. You know, all, all 50 lines are full. You know, I don't even know if David could even get back in. But, you know, 
this show, you know, we have a lot of listeners online. It's going to be heard by, you know, a lot of people. What, what, what message do you have for our listeners of the show? What, what would you like to specifically share with them? I, mean, I guess my big thing that I would just like to say is that, you know, being aware and being respectful of, of, of you know, truck drivers in general is, is a big thing. I, I remember many times Mike talking about, um, you know, how a, a lot of people that, you know, truck drivers, they, they make this country move. They, they provide the freight. They get it there. And, and of course, it's, it's never on time according to when they're going to deliver. Um, everything's always late, and, and, of course, that's always the truck driver's fault as well. Um, but, you know, at the same time, be respectful to them. They're, they're there doing their job to help this country progress and providing this, this country and, and its citizens with, with a service. And it, it doesn't matter if they run local. It doesn't matter if they run long haul. Be respectful. Um, you know, I, I know that there were times when Mike would even stop in, like you guys have said, at the Walmart parking lots, and, and, and he would see other drivers throw things out and, and he would pick it up and he, he would reprimand them too in a, in a way he'd say you know don't do it the trash can's over there walk it over there and throw it away likewise he would also take patronage into whatever facility that he would be at if it was a Walmart he'd buy a couple things you know and he'd say that's his way of giving back as well if they provided a little area for him to be able to be at he gave back to them you know so it, it's a give and take and, and it's about being respectful and, and this country does owe a service to its, its truck drivers to be able to provide them with a safe place to stay. Because without that, who's going to give them an incentive to go anywhere? But, yeah, and, and part of uh, being respectful to them is to provide safe haven um, and to protect them from, from harm's way. And I think, you know, uh, nobody thinks about that. No one. It's always more regulations, more electronics, more whatever to create safety. But nobody really looks at the safety of the driver. And until these tragedies occur and people's eyes all of a sudden now are, are focused in this direction, um, they start to to realize what's really going on. So... I appreciate I appreciate all that you just said because it's it's so truthful. Yeah, and I mean, and it's very aggravating. I mean, DOT is out there. I, I know to enforce laws, but they above anybody should understand the law of the rest breaks and the required regulations. And yet they're causing drivers, they're making drivers move when they're on a break. It's very aggravating. I think it should get everybody stirred up. And quite frankly, I, I'm I'm to the point I'm fed up with it and. DOT, uh, I, I know they're I know they're, they're listening or hearing this show, and it's just it's just it's very very aggravating. Hope, let me ask you this, and then uh, final comments from everybody. But hope, I was just I was curious uh, your thoughts, uh, every, everything you've gone through, all the work you've done, and you're still doing. I mean, I'd be curious to know your view on who who do you see is responsible, mainly responsible for putting these drivers at added risk. What's your thoughts on that? My personal opinion is it's the shippers and the receivers. Okay. They're the ones that are delaying the drivers. They're uh, listening to Ashley's story with Mike that the place had a a, a gated facility. 
he could have parked there if they would have allowed it. Food Lion, right after Jason was murdered, we contacted them. We were told an hour prior or an hour off after, then out of our facility. It's the shippers and the receivers, in my opinion. Well, you know, and I, I agree because, I, you know, and we don't throw too many names around here, but when you said Food Lion, uh, I have horror stories about that place. I still have nightmares about that place up in the Northeast. So, you know, Donna, yeah, I agree, too. I absolutely agree. And I want to just bring up the commercialization. Um, do you feel that the problem would be relieved if these rest areas that were closed because the states didn't have money to maintain them um, would if 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 uh you know the private sector got involved and opened them, would this not relieve a lot of the the uh par- parking problem I do feel that anybody way. I don't think it should matter who owns them as long as it relieves the problem it It shouldn't matter if it's privatized or not if if the and, state cannot afford these rest areas, then let somebody that can do it. And what and and Desiree, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm not thinking right, but I just thought to myself, if um, if NASA's against the privatization, why don't they just create satellites from these bigger truck stops uh, and have it as part of of part of their chain? Okay, yeah. uh, right? Has anybody thought of that, or do they think of yeah. that? Yeah, I don't know that they, I mean, that is a solution. Their their argument is it's going to destroy small businesses and prevent people from getting off the interstate. Well, what are the small businesses? They're major trucking, um, truck stop chains, um, and they sell a lot of fuel. I mean, every time anybody that's gone to a truck stop to see all those trucks lined up, a shot per truck. That's a lot of money they're making in fuel. If you allow private enterprise, that's what they're fuel. That's what they're afraid of is competition. They're not mom and pop businesses because big trucks can't. They don't affect mom and pop businesses. You're limited to go to the truck stop because it's the only place you can stop. And they're not building them with enough enough truck parking spaces. If they if the community does relent and let a new truck stop in, they put in this bare minimum of truck spaces. They don't design them properly. They have a few that aren't even usable because they painted stripes on the ground that don't even fit the trucks, and they just want to get you in and get you out of there. Um, so they're not they're not focused on the truck parking. Um, it's and they're a very powerful lobby group. And they have a lot of clout in Washington, D.C. So that's why this um, battle has gone on for so long. Um, that, that just is like a, because nowhere, you know, talking about this privatization. The satellite, the satellite is a great thing. I've seen this on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. They have like a little mini chilies. It's not uh-huh. taking chilies out of business. It's just they have a limited menu. And they're still branded with chilies, but you can pull in and pull out of there. And I don't see what the problem is in doing this in a rest area where somebody says, "Hey, we'll put a little satellite business in there." You're not putting us out of. You're not putting 
anybody out of business that's on the off ramp that would be affected by this. I don't. See, well, I, I was I don't thinking, yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking of actually like a little satellite pilot or TA or Loves yeah. or whoever. Right. And and I, I mean they still can't get gas there. It's it's a rest area, and it could even say you know truck parking uh, only or just have a small area for cars and mostly for trucks to alleviate the problem. But I would think that this would add you know thousands and thousands of spots available i mean if you david said before there's miles and miles of closed rest areas in arizona and it's been like that for four years well can you imagine i mean if if somebody was allowed to to invest their money and say wow this is going to be a gold mine you know uh right the driver pulls in he rests sell your Uh your little basic supplies that people run into a 7-Eleven for you know that they just they got to go to the bathroom maybe they want some coffee or a snack or to park and keep going you're not asking for a luxury you just want a place to stop and not be harassed so this is another area of awareness and you know I don't think a lot of people realize uh, that this has been a law where you know I don't have it in front of me and you might know that where is it stated that there it can be no commercialization on the major highways. Well, it, it was an act of Congress when the when the um, when the highway system was created, and we found that out. I, I wrote a little bit about it in this truck parking special report, um, but you can we found out about it. You know, when we were doing this uh, calling for the Virginia rest areas. Right. Had a two hour right. Time limit I just ago. can't remember it. We were calling the Virginia Department of Transportation and we were asking them what the problem and they said, well, when they created the highway system, that was part of the, 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 the deal was that at that time when they didn't have trucks this big and they didn't have this many vehicles on, on the highway, the issue then was by making an interstate, it was going to take people from stopping at little roadside mom-and-pop businesses and destroy small businesses. And Roy Rogers Chicken was the one who lobbied to um, make it so there could never be competition from the rest areas, you know, prior Okay, to I've got it in area. front of me now. Yeah, rest so area like, commercialization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like, I was, and when the lady told me on the phone the first time, I'm like, wait a minute, Roy Rogers Chicken, like, who's heard of that now? It's like the 21st century. I'm like, that sounds like it should be changed. She said, oh, that would take an act of Congress. I'm like, well, that maybe that's what we need because, you know, that was a long time ago. But still, um, they still use that argument if you go to NAPSO website and you read about why they're, what their argument is about privatizing rest areas, it's still this destroying mom and pop businesses. Big trucks can't go to mom and pop businesses. They can't park right. there. They can only go to travel plazas, which they represent. And, right. um, and why somebody's not thinking outside of the box to say, well, then, yeah, have a little satellite pilot or TA there. I mean, and, if I could think of it, I mean, I'm sure somebody else has thought of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, know what the holdup is myself on this one. And I and I and I remember when Hope first started all of this, 
and she took a lot of heat from people saying, oh, we don't want the federal government. Everybody gets on this federal government thing. But the state um, and the and communities, you know, you might name a state that's a problem, but it's not the whole state that's the problem. It might be a couple of cities in the state. And so we need a public awareness campaign. We need the public to get involved. We also need education of law enforcement that you're supposed to be protecting us, not harassing us. And there's a lot of law enforcement harassment on the drivers um, to, to recognize they're not there um, like RV or RV people camping out in the parking lot for a couple days. These are people that are working, you know. When I go to a restaurant and I see that they've got motor coach parking and RV parking, but they don't want trucks there. And it's like, you know, you've already built this bigger parking area for these other vehicles. Why not us? Why can't we have to? We'd like to eat at your restaurant, too. Right. So there's this whole this whole. There's so thing. many obstacles. There's so many obstacles in every area. And then you know what, Alan? Then they wonder, why is there a truck driver shortage? Well, they're underpaid. They're overregulated. They're not allowed to rest. Everybody harasses them. And, um, you know, it, it's a problem. Now, not to say uh, what we touched on before, that they also have a responsibility to improve their own image as professionals. And that I witnessed firsthand and got really disgusted about two months ago when I went somewhere. And Alan can tell you, I just about threw up. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. That's their responsibility and accountability towards this entire problem. But if you look at the whole picture, I mean, there's a lot of obstacles. And I'm not trying to create a picture of victim here. Because if anybody knows me, I'm, I, you know, I, I can't stand victims. But... I have to say that there are a lot of obstacles and challenges. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I yeah. mean, it's just it's just it's mind blow, you know, mind boggling. But you know, something's got to give. You know, I mean, we're talking about Jason, we're talking about Michael, but you know, Desiree, you know as well as I do, there are many other names out there that are never heard of or never spoken about. And you know, if if this doesn't get everybody riled up. I mean, something's got to be done. Uh, I, I hope, uh, help me out here. I mean, what, I mean, tell us again in closing. I'm, I'm looking at the clock here, but I want to get everybody's last thoughts. What it, where do we go from here? I mean, Jason's Law there. The funds are there. I know you said, uh, you know, contact each state's DOT. I mean, is is that is that where we need to be led now? What is that where we need to go? Yeah, now it's yes. Now it's basically on each state's DOT's shoulders. They're the ones that have got to do it. Okay, and we were talking. We're going to put a list of numbers together for each DOT's email and phone number, and uh, make it accessible for everyone to make that call. And uh, basically, you know, what should they say? When, what, when you get your money from the transportation bill, make sure you put more parking? What, what, what is it? I mean, if you're a driver and you're somewhere in that state and you notice that there's, there's vacant land and they need parking there, ask them, do you own that land? 
why can't why can't you develop that land? Put pavement down. Put lights in. For the okay, so it's a matter of of actually building a, a pavement, not opening up a rest area, but creating a no, brand it can new be rest opening area. Up a rest area. No, it can definitely okay. be used for opening up a rest area as well. Here in New York, um, DOT is reopening one of our six rest areas that they closed. Mm-hmm. So I'm so I mean, I'm sure. You... Oh, go ahead. Oh no. But you're saying you're saying what Congressman Tonko said on the radio about a year ago uh, when he was on. He said, call up if you see a piece of land. I remember him saying this. If you see a piece of land, then call up and tell them about it. And actually at the time he had given a number uh, to call. Uh, but since then that number, I don't know what they did with it, but, but it sure doesn't work now. But um, we can get that list of DOT numbers to call each state individually. So it's a matter of the awareness, the need, the danger, the obstacles, what's going on, um, to have a list of the obstacles going on, including the shippers, receivers, DOT waking people up, hours of service uh, being compromised, and explaining that the truck parking, allowing them to be compliant, to reduce truck driver fatigue, uh, which is all over the news right now. Every every uh, lawyer and their brother is talking about tired truckers, and uh, and to explain all this and to take the time. That's the way yeah. I see it. Yeah, and that's really aggravating to me. I mean, we're spo- we have to tell the DOT, right, <laughs> who enforces the <laughs> the laws. Oh, you know, well, you know, let me go another route. I mean, we we always try to look for solutions, find solutions. To me, hope the solution is already there. Use those funds in Jason's Law, DOT, and establish the parking areas that these truck drivers need. Okay, and I have a message from me. Now, have you been, I mean, I'm sure you have, but I just want to make sure. Have you been in direct contact with New York State DOT? (laughs) Actually, I have called New York State DOT probably six months ago or more trying to get an appointment set up with them, and they're not so motivated to set up an appointment with me. Well, now, how how did I know that? I mean, I just had a <laughs> feeling. That's why I wanted to ask you. I wanted to know how DOT in your state with Jason's Law, Jason Rivenberg, how they were responding to you. Um, they're not so motivated by me. No. Well, see that that uh, you know I'm going to need blood pressure medicine after this show. I mean it just it just it's it just uh, I mean that's got to be mind-boggling to you as well. It is because before they closed our six rest areas two years ago, we protested it. We had to sit down with them. We, you know, and now now they won't because since Jason's law is in the federal bill, and I know about the funding and. Nope, they don't want to have a sit-down with me again. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, Congressman Tonko did such a great job. Um, have, when have you been in contact with him lately? I think you said earlier in the show, but um, can he be more involved? I mean, is, or is, I mean, basically, I guess, is his job done? Or, or 
fill me in on, on that. On, on what influence can he play at yeah, this point? Yeah, exactly. My last meeting with Congressman Tonka, which was a few months ago, you know, we want to try to make New York State the model state for this because it is our own backyard. You know, it's Jason, it's Congressman Tonko. This is where we're from. So he's, mm-hmm. he's not by any way, shape, or form done. You know, uh-huh. when I email his office or I call and ask for an appointment, we sit down and we try to figure out different routes. You know, a couple weeks ago I emailed about we had a phone call in regards to how do we get these states, DOT, to pay more attention and put money towards the truck parking. You know, and they're working on that too. Okay. Okay. Well, well, that's good to know because that that man can get things done, as we've all seen. I uh, uh, David oh. David's sending me messages. His phone had died, and I I'm hoping he can get another phone and call back in. I told him try to call back in. Um, so if you see, I don't know if all those lines are full. He might not be able to get in. Maybe somebody's dropped yeah, off. Yeah, I think they him. are, but uh, okay. our time's winding down. But did he have something else? Well, he said um, to pl- – well, I, I guess we need to direct people, and this isn't what he's saying, but it's reminding me of it. Uh, he's, he's directing people to his Facebook page if they personally want to contact him. Okay. Um, and uh, what we'll do is I, I think the easiest way, because David Clark is a pretty a – pretty, uh, you know, common name, and it'll be almost impossible for people to to find it, and I'm doing it right now. I'm going to take the Facebook page, and I'm going to post it on RS, the trucker page, and uh, people can... um, Does it have a long URL? uh, Here. Yeah, it has a really long URL. Um, Okay, so... so the link to, to our guest David Clark's Facebook page will be on Ask the Trucker. Yeah, it's on the Ask the Trucker Facebook page. Facebook Facebook. Okay. Okay, facebook.com forward slash Ask the Trucker. And uh, he wants to just, um, but no, he didn't say this. I'm thinking of this. He does have a, a, a GoFundMe uh, up there. So, you know, if people want to help out, uh, help Ashley and the family. Okay. With the GoFundMe account, you know, you can go over to David's uh, page. I know that um, there is another funding for the uh, trucking industry that people are um, uh, giving to, and that's on the uh, Small Business and Transportation Coalition page also. So either one of those pages, um, you can help the family. Okay. And, yeah, I was going to ask Ashley in closing about the Memorial Fund also as well. Um, Time winding down. uh, Um, Oh, go ahead. David said he's on. Do you see him on there again? I guess that's a 606 uh, or an 812. Uh, oh, yeah, I see him here. Okay. Uh, let me. All right, David. Here I am. <laughs> uh, glad to see you back on there again. I tell you, time's winding down. I'm going to get final thoughts and everything, so hang on here with us, and we'll we'll let you wrap up with us. And uh, Desiree, um Listen, I know there's you have some really important links out there. Uh, just you know, share with us your final thoughts, what you want to really get across in the show this evening, and the the, the links that you want to make sure our listeners are aware of that they can that they can visit. Well, I I, I mostly want to say that I think that people can get involved in their communities, whether they're part of trucking or not part of trucking, or married to a trucker. They need to get involved in their communities and in their state. So if they've looked at the truck parking special report, the presentation, the PDF, and they say, hey, this distribution center is right in my community or um, they're based here or my state's mentioned, my city's mentioned, get involved with your community. Call people. 
call law enforcement, call the state DOT, get a group together of your friends and family that live in your community and get a little action group going to start helping out because we need to start focusing on the problem areas. And so folks trying to work on New York being a model state, make your state a model state or your community a model state, especially if they're named. And, and that doesn't take federal funds. That takes people taking action locally. So um, okay. that's how everybody can help. Um, and if okay, you I totally, you know. Special report, you can search that on our website, Truck Parking Special Report, on our blog, realwomenintrucking.org, and I will be done with the final comments um, as soon as I get done with them. But the rest of them are up there. <laughs> the rest of the PDFs are up there. That's all I can offer. We have almost a mirror page a mirror page of yours on Ask the Trucker. So um, if you click on Ask the Trucker and click on Truck Parking Survey, it'll take you to all those links that she's just talking about on her page. So whatever's easier for you to get to, either the realwomenintrucking.org page or askthetrucker.com, we're trying to get it so that all this information is on everyone's pages. So if you can't remember one, you can remember the other. And we're hoping that other people will do the same thing so that everybody has it. Now, um, Desiree, I was telling you that Adabel Rodriguez, who is a councilwoman in Texas, just made a comment on Facebook. Uh, what about the responsibility of the truck stops uh, to prevent crime um, on their premises? I know many drivers who actually fear many truck stops because of it. And, and Desiree, I saw the results. Uh, she's, she's in Dallas, Texas, and I know that's a high crime. That's, that's and, a bad uh, that's a real bad place, and I know that came up when I looked at the truck survey as one of the crime uh, parts of the United States. And that's a very good, where is the responsibility? We're talking about accountability tonight. Where is the accountability for the truck stops, uh, for all this going on in, in the truck stops? Well, there, and that's, you know, the Google alert that I set up, and, I, and anybody that knows how to set up a Google alert, I encourage you to do it set up a Google alert for truck stops, and you're going to see so much crime, so many murders, guards killing truckers, um, kidnappings, robberies. I mean, it's astounding how much crime goes on at the truck stops. Now, we know some of it has improved since Truckers Against Trafficking has emerged because we've really gone after some of the big-name truck stops, and they've put in security and cleaned up some properties that were really, really, really bad in the past. But that's kind of just scratched the surface, and a lot of the times it's local management, in my opinion, that is the problem, and they are allowing crime to go on at that particular property, because you could be in a city where there's high crime and go to a truck stop two miles down the road, and it's not that bad. So I think a lot of it has to do with the management. It should be reported. Um, it should be published. I encourage local media um, um, to pick up the story, um, media outlets and stuff. Get it on Facebook. Tag the the um, the person that 
you know, the, the corporation that's involved. Tag them on it. Bring it right. to the public's eye that this is a problem. There's some um, of these truck stops that are just, there's there's so much problems there that the truckers are afraid to stop. What what right. what's going on there? You know, um, and the and the police aren't doing anything, and the guards aren't doing anything. So I mean, and this is like the, the human trafficking that that goes on in the in the um, truck stops, and they call it prostitution, but many times it's it's part of human trafficking. I mean, this all needs to be addressed. Yeah, I'm glad. Well, uh, there was, uh, there's one no-name truck stop. It's not in the part of the big chains or anything that actually has been brought to court because they have not reigned in the prostitution there, that they're suing them for letting it continue to go on. This is in Oklahoma, and I don't know the name of the place offhand, but they actually, this they've taken them to court, and they're suing them for not taking control of the situation where it's just getting worse and worse. So, but... Individual citizens have to participate. Right, right. Well, I know I know. David has a few words he wants to say. Yeah, and that's a good point. Now, who is that again? Uh, Adabel? That that's Adabel Rodriguez. She's a, um, yeah. a council member in Cockrell Hill, Dallas County, Texas, and she yeah. has taken a big... She's um, a great lady, man. She's grabbed this by the horns and taken off. And she even has a video out about Jason's loss. So we need to get more of these uh, officials on board with us. I think she posted the other day another congressman got a hold of it. I wish she would post his name and just put it on our uh, our uh, page, your page, uh, so people are aware of who's on board with Jason's law. Yeah, she, she's That's doing right. a really great, uh, a big help. All right, uh, time's winding down. I want to get to uh, David. Welcome back. Uh, listen, I know you've been listening and everything and sending messages and everything. Uh, I'm glad you made it back for final thoughts. Any more comments you'd like to share and uh, any uh, you know important information you want to make sure our listeners are aware of? Well, uh, government is big business, whether we want to accept it or not. And they, they like think, making uh, everyone's life more miserable than it was the day before. Um, th- there's an old program out there called KISS, Keep It Simple, and and we, we've just got to simplify where where everyone is going. And, and, and mainly, I mean, if the trucking industry comes to a, a, a screeching halt because people refuse to go to, to destinations because of how horrible they are, and, and there's a lot of them, I mean, even in some of the smaller communities, drivers are not safe. And, and if, if, if truck drivers start just not accepting loads because of, of how horrible it is and how afraid they are, what in the world is this, con- this country of ours going to turn to? I, d- I don't know. Um, we, we, need, we need better regulations that don't bog down the driver from doing their job but protect them from, from these these shippers and receivers that that, that are, are they're not breaking the law, but they're just making it impossible for drivers to do their jobs. We need to get cities and communities and states to to supply areas where where drivers can pull over and and and, and even if it's just sleep for 15 minutes. If I mean, many times I, I've been driving down the road and. And my my eyes starting to shut, 
and there's no place for me to stop. Well, think about the guy that's got 18 wheels under him, and, and he's got a full load, and he's he's got he's got 20 minutes in which to make a, an hour and a half drive. You know, it, we're just not making a whole lot of sense. And, and I, I want drivers to be safe out there, and I know it's it's getting harder. Personally, I, I want to thank everyone that, that's on the show today. Uh, hope for your your hopes, Law Desiree, for for all the great work that you're, you you've been doing, um, Alan and, and Donna for for having this show. So not just truck drivers, but everyone can listen to this and and play it back at their convenience. And and we need to get somewhere. Instead of just looking at the at the destination, we also have to look at what's in the destination on how we get there. That's it. Well, okay, and and exactly, and you know, you made a good point. It's not just about truck drivers. I mean, even the general public sometimes don't have a place to park, and if there were safe parking areas, it, it not only helps the truck drivers. But it, it can also help the uh, general public, and the funds are there in Jason's Law, and those funds need to be used for what they were intended to be used for. So, uh, and, and I'm sure um, uh, DOT will listen to this. So, uh, well, listen, Ashley, um, as we close out here, you know, correct me, is there a memorial fund for Michael, or is that the uh, – a fund that Donna was speaking about on uh, David's page, or is there another one? Uh, no, there's another one. Um, actually, the the community here in, in Ferdinand, they they reached out and wanted to know if there was a memorial fund that we had set up for, for Mike, and we did. We set it up at a German-American bank, um, and it's, it's titled uh, Memorial Fund for Michael Beglin. Um, there's also the GoFundMe account that is listed on my uh, my dad's page as well. Um, I believe it is listed on mine as well, and I, I know my name is a lot easier to find on Facebook than his is. There, there are not very many Ashley Baglins in this world, um, but the the account uh, or the memorial account set up at German American Bank, um, I, I know can be easily contacted through. Um, the the local branch there and uh i have their their number there um it's it's a local area code 812-367-2288 and if you call that number and you talk to them all you have to say is that you're interested in in donating to the michael Baglin memorial fund and, and they'll they'll connect you through to the right person to be able to talk to all right. Well, I just realized I've been saying the last name wrong, so forgive me for that. I've been saying uh, Boglin. It's, it's no problem. Uh, I know a lot of people pronounce our last name as Boglin, but it is Baglin. It's it's 100% German, and and if you're not from around our areas, it, it's very difficult to to pronounce. <laughs> okay. So Ashley Baglin, and now give that phone number out again, and that's the phone number directly to the bank. For uh, you know, we have uh, all our lines are full. We have listeners all across America or all across the United States listening. That number one more time, directly to the bank for the Michaels Memorial Fund. That number is eight one two three six seven two two eight eight. All right. Well, listen, I I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, if there's anything that uh, you know Don and I can do for you, just uh, feel free to. Uh, 
contact us. We'll you know we'll do whatever we can to help. We yeah, greatly appreciate sure. it. Thank you. Okay, thank uh, you. All right, thanks again. And uh, David, uh, thanks again for you coming on and sharing your uh, thoughts with us. Really appreciate it. And same goes for you. If there's anything we can do to help, just uh, feel free to uh, let us know. I, I shall do that. And thanks again for the, being able to be on the show. Uh, you're you're very welcome. And. Desiree, it's been a while, but you do a great work out there. I know you take a lot of slack. We do, too. But uh, just know that all the work you do does not go unnoticed. Trust me on that. We appreciate everything you do. Thank you, and I appreciate everything you guys do. It's great. Put so much effort in. Thanks for having me on. Glad to have you, and you know, uh, of course, you, you know you're a driver out there too. So drive safe and be careful. And hope, as always, it's been a while, but you know what can I say? You know, thanks for everything you do, and uh, same goes for you. Anything we can do to help, just give us a shout. Always. Well, thanks for all of your guys' help. I mean, <laughs> you guys have been well, it's a been a long, a long, long haul. We. Well, if, we made if, it. Yeah, if anybody can relate yeah. to Ashley and her family and what they're going through, you can. So um, thanks again for joining us. I, I, I really do appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Okay. All right. Have a great evening. Seven minutes. And listen, I want to give a shout-out again to all our listeners online. I really appreciate it. You know, Donna, I realized I was so busy I didn't even open up the chat room. I know. But... <laughs> I thought it was my computer, but then I realized, oh, there's no chat tonight. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, it, it's a, a, a tough show in a way to do, but it's a show that has to be done, and Ashley and David and their family wanted to do it. We appreciate them coming on. I do want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing at LoneMountainTruck.com, TruckerLawyers.com, and TruckerToTrucker.com that makes our show uh, possible. We appreciate them very much. And uh, thanks thanks to everyone again for uh, all our guests for joining us this evening, all our listeners online. Really appreciate it. And be sure to book, book, uh, bookmark us and add us to your favorites. And uh, Donna, about six minutes. Do you have any final thoughts you wanted to say? No, I just want to say um, I appreciate I appreciate David and Ashley and Hope and Desiree for coming on and enlightening everybody uh, about the progress of Jason's Law and also to uh, give more information about the seriousness of this issue and how we can all work together to resolve it. And uh, number one, awareness. That's the most important thing. And we, we have voices, we have the Internet, we have social media, and we're going to use it. That's our weapons. Exactly. So, listen, thanks again, everybody. And until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith, TruthAboutTrucking.com, AskTheTrucker.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening.